0: Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of China Inc. by Bamboo Works, where we discuss the latest business and financial news from China and what it all means. I'm Doug Young, Bamboo Works Editor-in-Chief, and I'm joined today by Van Vangestein, one of our founding partners, who's also a longtime China watcher from investment banking. Today, we'll take a look at the latest mixed signals on China's COVID restrictions, plus a resumption of the rally for offshore Chinese stocks. We'll begin with the latest on COVID restrictions and what's quickly turning into a guessing game of will they or won't they. I don't dare give too much detail here since the story seems to change almost daily. But the big picture seems to be that China may finally be preparing to relax some of its COVID restrictions that are some of the world's toughest. So, Renee, can you review for us what's driving the predictions this time, especially since this is hardly the first time we've seen people predict a relaxation of restrictions that can include lockdowns of entire cities like we saw in Shanghai earlier this year?
1: Well, my initial reaction would be um, what's driving it um, is a mix of hope, wishful thinking and, um, and inevitability probably. This being said, uh, on a more concrete basis, there seems to be um, some desire to relax and actually some steps being taken, um, potentially as a reaction to the protests that Erupted across a number of cities in China over the past weeks, including and that included people from all almost all kinds of walk of life, students, middle class, migrant workers, and so on. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot that is being written about the fact that uh, this is the first time that uh, there are protests of uh, such a scale involving different parts of society in a long, long time. And obviously, everybody goes back to the middle of 1989 and what happened at Tiananmen Square. So um, this being said, it is also very likely that there are other factors at play. One is um, there's definitely a growing amount of frustration across the populations of China. There's a um, huge cost, obviously, of maintaining this overall COVID containment system that has been going on now for almost three years. A cost that is not only huge, but is also crippling uh, for some, you know, local uh, smaller governments. Obviously, big cities like Beijing, Shanghai, even Guangzhou, uh, and so on, Chengdu, have uh, substantial financial capabilities that a lot of other places in China, especially tier two, tier three cities and below, do not have. And there have been comments uh, reporting uh, frustration at the level of some local governments being confronted with the need to contain the uh, pandemic at the same time proper or support economic growth and also absorb the cost of the um, containment so that's one thing you know when you think about it obviously there have been and there continue to be substantial economic consequences to COVID zero, there are literally millions and millions of people across China that are involved in all of this containment um, system. And obviously, it, other than the contribution of the cost of that to GDP, you know, all these people are obviously not participating in the labor force in a way that is really productive and creating economic growth. And then finally, as we all know, there have been substantial disruptions to the manufacturing process in many parts of the country. So to some extent also, I think that there's been an increasing realization on the part of the Chinese government that this current version of Omicron is substantially less lethal at least for uh, people who are in good health that what came before especially you know at the beginning three years ago and even subsequently we've seen what uh, what has happened in hong kong and i'm sure that the chinese government has been watching that fairly closely as uh, hong kong reopened there was a an increase in the number of cases and there was some increase in the number of deaths, mostly among older people, people. But otherwise, anybody, and I know a lot of people in Hong Kong who uh, had COVID over the last, let's say, six months. Everybody who was in good health uh, came out of that pretty unaffected. This being said, the major challenge for China, obviously, is that there is a substantial older population that has uh, chronic illnesses on one hand. Secondly, has not been fully vaccinated. A major concern for the Chinese government. So it's hard to say where this is really going to go in the coming weeks and, and let's say over the next three months. Uh, let's you know focus on the fact that uh, winter is starting and typically everywhere cases would would grow sometime substantially and it seems to be the case against this year and this winter and uh, there is chinese new year coming up in a little over in about two months from now a little less actually uh, with masses of people moving around the country unless they get constrained again so I think that the Chinese government is going to watch all of that, monitor very closely. And it is possible, at least as far as I'm concerned, that if if numbers start looking alarming, that some of the measures would be put back in place. So right now it looks like you know positive and and steps in the right direction hopefully that will continue but let's also let's also see what happens over the next two months let's say two to three months obviously this has uh, had a positive impact on the stock market and lots of other considerations but that's a discussion for another subject well that's a discussion for later in the podcast yeah one last uh, comment about that uh, is that to what extent is the uh, easing that's going on right now genuine or an effort to relieve pressure that has built up and what will happen to um, people who are involved in the process uh, there are rumors and reports of people having been called or having received calls from the police asking about their whereabouts uh, during that period of time. We all know that there's a very strong surveillance system in China uh, coupled with uh, facial recognition and so on. Let's just see what how that plays off over the coming weeks. If this would not be the first time that China uh, Softens something and then cracks down on efforts, people, and so on. And when things return to a more normal situation, then we go backwards again. Hopefully, not this time. Though.
0: Okay, well, that's going to be one of my questions. Do you think things will really change this time? Given what you know and the way things are trending in China, could this be the time we finally relax things and return to some more normal conditions?
1: Well, you know. As, as I say, time will tell. Political considerations um, and ideological considerations in China always trump everything else. And uh, depending on what happens in the months ahead, uh, we we could see further easing of restrictions and a more gradual and ongoing reopening. The uh, but but if things take another turn for the worse they will probably at least temporarily bring back uh, some of the measures, especially mass uh, testing and all of that, which a number of cities are abandoning right now, probably for cost reasons as well as annoyance to people. But there's a whole apparatus there on one hand that, you know, can be mobilized very quickly. There's obviously very serious political considerations if things um, turn for the worse in terms of number of cases, especially older population. The government has announced a drive to vaccinate, uh, more fully vaccinate and, and vaccinate more older people. But, but there's no, apparently no effort to make that compulsory. So, which is actually a little bit interesting to me. I think there's still risk in the population there, and we will see. What I think is encouraging a lot of people is that uh, there have been voices in the government and in the whole health uh, apparatus in China that have started to voice opinions such as the virus is not as lethal, uh, this particular um version of the virus is not as lethal to some extent also somewhat comparing it to the flu and so on so there seems to be a real effort to downplay or talk down the rhetoric that has prevailed over the past 3 years almost that you know this thing is this virus is horrible can kill millions of people And this, the lockdowns have been necessary and and that was the right thing to do.
0: Okay. All right. Let's move on. And I guess we'll find out in the next few weeks what's going to go on here. Next, we're going to look actually at a topic that I think is tied to this whole virus relaxation, which is the recent rally in China stocks in, in both the U.S. and Hong Kong. The Hang Seng China Enterprise Index is up about 25% over the last month. And actually, it's getting off to a big start again this week. Today. Yeah, today is up more than 3%. That seems to sort of represent what's happening in the overall market right now. Of course, this comes after a long winter for these stocks. A lot of them have lost half their value and sometimes even more for a number of reasons. So... You know, I've noted already that COVID restrictions, uh, that's the easing of COVID restrictions, looks like it could be a big driver behind this rebound. But can you go into a little more detail on what's happening and give us your view on sort of is this going to keep going on or what factors are driving this?
1: Oh, dog, I wish I had a crystal ball. (laughs) And uh, I've been uh, in the markets for uh, about 50 years. I have never seen and never heard of any market expert that has been consistently successful over a long period of time predicting where the market would be in a relative in the relatively short term that is always tricky the long term is tricky but at least it's a little bit i think easier short term is always very tricky because all kinds of things happen that pull the market in one direction or another and so on i think one thing that that seems clear to me is that there are always people in every stock market on earth who are bullish and having lost a fair amount of money that they just cannot accept the fact that the market cannot go up again and then every time there's a little silver lining or a little positive comment here or there people jump and push stocks up they wake up a few days later and you know the market goes down again, and uh, this is not a criticism of China at all. You know the same thing has happened and is still happening in the U.S. market as well, granted not triggered by COVID and a potential reopening, but triggered in the U.S. obviously by the course of uh, action of the Federal Reserve in terms of um, uh, in terms of where it is taking uh, interest rates and. Um, and mopping up liquidity in the market so that that's pretty difficult but i mean this being said uh obviously the china market has been down for a long long time lots of people have lost money people who have remained bullish uh and basically have said look it's a matter of time eventually you know bite your time and uh, one day COVID will be over and the economy will reopen and and on and on, and stocks will come back. And generally speaking, that kind of makes sense. It's always very difficult to accurately predict on a short-term basis exactly the timing of each and every things um, that that might happen. But generally speaking, there is a trend there. And um, very clearly, there have been growing signs, indications, comments, reports coming out of China pointing in the direction of easing COVID restrictions. And it's obviously pretty logical to go from there to, you know, the economy is going to start reopening. It will eventually bounce back. You want to be in early. Uh, You don't want to wait until most of the gains have been taken because the trends are very clear. So there is money out there that has been obviously you know pushing in that direction, and the market is going up. That's that's a pretty uh, logical phenomenon. The, um, there are different themes, obviously, that are spelled out out there, but generally everything that's related to travel, leisure, everything that is related to consumers, healthcare, because no matter what. Even when COVID is behind us, the um, healthcare system in China is hopefully inadequate and a lot of money is going to have to be spent and thrown at the sector to build a much stronger healthcare environment in China in anticipation of you know, the next virus that will inevitably come one day. Um, so those uh, those are the themes that kind of make sense. And obviously, uh, China being China, you always have money chasing the um, national strategic interests, particularly, you know, in sectors such as technology, chips, green energy and all of that. So uh, I think it, 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 there is now enough of a consensus to at least have lifted the market to some extent. At some point in time, I think most people, including those that uh, have been benefiting until now, are going to pause a little bit and want to see more concrete uh, steps or uh, action and direction before uh, they keep pushing it up. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it.
0: Okay. Thanks for giving us a lot of food for thought there. I guess we'll just have to stay tuned and see what happens. But certainly these stocks have taken a big beating over the last year. They could certainly use a break. So anyhow, thanks everyone for uh, joining us this week. In our next program, we'll take a look at the latest twists and turns in a story of turmoil at a factory complex in the central city of Zhengzhou that just happens to be one of Apple's main production bases for iPhones. And we'll also look at vocational education stocks which are getting a business bump from a growing number of young Chinese putting off looking for work due to weak job market. Hope to see you then. Goodbye for now.